Hey, this is Chad Russell. We are here uh, with Kurt Souter and Dan Spader, and we are going to do a bonus segment. And the great thing about a bonus segment is I can shut up and just get out of the way of our guests because we got too much to cover, and we're going to go to about And 15. we can make mistakes, and it doesn't Absolutely matter, right? Absolutely, right. Okay, good. We, can, we can cuss, <laughs> we can yell, we can do all kinds of things. But this is the podcast, and we thank you for listening, and uh, enjoy this. Please pass this along to someone else, somebody else you know. We'll really be uh, blessed to hear this. Uh, Dan, you talk about in John chapter 17, uh, seven disciplines of a discipler. Let's, let's unpack that. Yeah. Uh, Matthew 28, the Great Commission, says we're to do what Jesus did. In other words, to make disciples. That's the command. Now, most people shut down when you say that because they say, well, what does it mean to disciple? That's so big and so complicated. I can't do it. When I stumbled on John 17, the very last thing Jesus did before he crossed the Kidron and went to the Garden of Gethsemane, my mental picture of Jesus, he gathers his band of guys around him. He'd been with them for three and a half years. He puts his arms on him, lifts his his eyes to heaven, and prays for his guys, his men, his, his disciples. And in John 17, John Knox calls this his favorite chapter of the whole Bible. Uh, I could tell you many quotes. This, this is a profound chapter. But in John 17, I found once studying it, there are seven statements Jesus made, I statements, about how he made his disciples. And when I saw that, I said, yes. Uh, because for I can me, do, we can do this. I can do this. I can do this. So let me, there's seven, I call them seven disciplines of disciple maker, taking right from the words of Jesus. Because this is not hard. We tend to make discipling harder than it really is. And that's the beauty of Jesus and what Jesus did. It was 90% relational. Mm. And so, yeah, there's seven disciplines right in that chapter. Okay, let's talk okay, about Okay, well, the first one I find is John 17. Uh, in John 17, 6, he says, I revealed you to those who you gave me. Now, what I love to do when you see that at the end, he's praying to his father, says, I revealed you, father, to these guys. So they're right there and he's praying that. So it's the first I statement. Now, what does that mean? Go back into Jesus' life and look at the first year, second year, third year, fourth year. And I've written a study on this, but that's kind of what I do. And, and it's, this is not hard. Jesus just talked to his guys about his love relationship with his heavenly father. He just revealed the father to them in his actions, in his lifestyle. It wasn't deep theological teaching or training. It was on as they walked the everyday path of life, he kept talking about his love relationship with his heavenly father. I and the father one. You know me, you know the father. Uh, and he just loved us. I only do what tries to please my father. And so he revealed them to him. So first is how do you disciple your children? How do you be involved in discipling your wife and let her disciple you? Talk about the father with each other. Reveal what God's doing or not doing in your life. That's simple. The second thing Mm. that I find is, first word I say is reveal. Second word is speak. And this is in John 17, 8. He says, I gave them the words you gave me. Now, again, don't make this harder than it is. Jesus, in his humanity, every morning got up, spent time with his heavenly Father, and the Father would give him some words from above. Maybe scripture that came back to his mind. Maybe the Holy Spirit prompted them. Maybe it was something he needed to say to his men. And that day, Jesus gave them the words the Father gave him because he had a perfect relationship with the Holy Spirit and the Father. And so what does that mean for me? I've got three daughters. I've got eight grandkids. We're probably going to move closer to our grandkids, which are across the country. Why? Because I want to disciple my grandkids. That's my number one priority the last five years 
of my life. Not that I'm predicting anything. I'm dead in five years, but you know, toward the end of a minute. But I want to disciple them. What does that mean? It means every morning I'll get up, I'll pray for my grandkids and listen to what the Spirit might say to me about them, and then I'll tell them that day. And then you just communicate that I to communicate, them. I give them the words you gave me. Mm. Maybe I'm reading scripture, and God brings one of my daughters to my mind, or my son-in-law to mind. I pass that on to them. I gave them the words you gave me. That's discipling. Mm. So you reveal, you speak. The third thing is pray. Jesus said, I prayed for them. Go back and study the prayer life of Jesus. 45 times he slipped away to pray. Sometimes he spent a whole night in prayer. Most of the times it was just a quick prayer. While he was praying, the Spirit came upon him. What would happen if we prayed for our disciples the way Jesus prayed for his disciples? Mm. This is not complicated. Who are the four or five or three or one person God's brought into your life he wants you to go deeper with? That's called discipling. Who are the ones God wants you to invest your life in? Maybe some non-Christians, maybe Christians. That's called discipling. Pray for them. Make them the top of your prayer list. Obviously, as men, we know our job is to disciple our kids. Who should you pray for first? Those that God has put in front of you. Pray for them first. I pray for my kids first, then my grandkids, mm. and then the. I have a list on my computer of okay. true 40 years of, a. I think it's 173 men that I poured my life into over 40 years, and I, I pray for them, mm. and I teach them to pray for others. That's discipling. It's not harder than it is. Fourth. He said, I protected them. Wow, think about that one. Um, how did Jesus protect his disciples? A lot of things could come to your mind. He taught them. He prayed for them. He spoke truth into the world. He rebuked them. Uh, he taught them again. <laughs> and again. And again, and again, and again. <laughs> And then he says, and he sent them out to learn. And he came back and had retreats with them. He took them away to get some rest when they were tired and exhausted. A uh, lot of different ways you protect, but think about your disciples. Let's just think about your kids. How do you protect your kids? How about the men God's called you to pour your life in, the one, two, three, five men? How are you protecting them? You know, as a man, we're protectors. That's, that's who God's wired us. And when you start thinking about your disciples in that way, you watch how your attitude changes. Mm -hmm. Because when I, I have this list of 173, maybe 183, I forget what it is, a men that God's brought into my life over 40 years of doing this that are on my computer. And when I have extra time, I pray for these, and they're all over the globe. When I begin to think about protecting them, my mind kicks into a whole different gear because I begin to think, oh, I need to teach them this, or, oh, man, I need to put this in writing so when I'm dead and gone, they have this, or, I, man, I need to write them a note about this, or, boy, here's a concern I have I didn't think about because we're protectors by nature, and Jesus said, I protected them. Mm. I, I love the one time when they want to make Jesus king. He just spent the night in prayer. They were out straining the oars in the Sea of Galilee, and he was watching them. And, and I believe it was it, when he was slipped away to pray after he fed the 5,000 and, and uh, dismissed a crowd and told the guys to go to the other side. 
he spent nine hours in prayer at this place I like to call Eremos Cave, and that's another whole story um, over in Israel. But there's a place right at the north side of the Sea of Galilee where it traditions as Jesus would often pray. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine him in there praying. And that night he dismissed the crowd and said, you guys get to the other side. Why? Because John the Baptist had just been beheaded. He knew he was now next in line and his disciples were in trouble. And he went up to this cave to pray, I believe, for nine hours. Father, what do I do now? But he told his guys to get to the other side, Bethsaida, which was the safe side where Philip was. He was practically protecting his man. Mm, Isn't that beautiful? That is. That I mean, is. And, and so he said, I protected them. Well, that's, and then to go on to the next thing, he sent them. This is in John 17, 18. Just as my father sent me, so I sent them. If, if I had time, we could walk through this, but I say Jesus took his men on at least seven fishing trips to teach them how to fish for men. When he said, follow me, I make you fish for men. Then he took them on fishing trips to teach them how. Some of them very simple, like going to share their testimony in a synagogue, which is not real risky, to going out in the countryside preaching to thousands, which was more risky, plus sending them out two by two by themselves, which is even riskier. He sent them, why? Because it's as you give away your faith, you gain your faith. Mm. And, and when we want to disciple somebody, we got to send them. And it, we got to- It's en- giving them responsibility. Giving them responsibility, give them that chance to fail. Give them the opportunity to experience God using them. Kicking them out of the boat and getting them to walk on water. One of my major goals for Shar and I, as our three girls are growing up, is that we would help every one of our daughters lead one of their friends to Christ. Mm. We didn't want to win their friends to Christ. We want them to win their friends to Christ. That was a prayer goal for us. Why? Because Jesus said, just as the Father sent me, so he sent his men. Why? What does that mean? He wanted every one of his disciples to learn the joy of reproducing their life in somebody else, getting out of the boat and walking in the water, to see God work through them to be sent into the world, not just be a recipient, but be a a sender. And so Jesus' whole passion was to teach his disciples to reproduce. There's only one time you find Jesus full of joy in the Holy Spirit, and that's in Luke uh, 10, 21, where he sends the 72 out two by two, they come back full of joy and Jesus full of joy. Why? Because his whole passion was to teach his disciples to reproduce. And, and, And that's what we should do. I sent them, that's the sending part. Mm. The next thing I see, and and again, I wanna be sensitive time here, but he said, I sanctified them. I sanctified myself that they might be sanctified. Now don't miss this one, man. Here's Jesus, the God-man, the second Adam, God's eternal son who added humanity to his deity. Said, I sanctified myself that they might be sanctified. Jesus himself, what does the word sanctify mean? It means to cleanse, to commit, to dedicate. Set apart. Set apart. And so what does he do? He dedicates himself to holiness. He commits himself to a pure lifestyle. He chooses obedience always because he knew his disciples would never be better than he was. You reproduce what you are. Mm -hmm. I sanctified myself. This is profound. I sanctified myself. This is rich for us dads. Oh, man. You you reproduce what you are. If there are chinks in your armor, 
those Satan is going to get through those holes in that armor to get to your kids. You need to protect your family by sanctifying yourself, setting yourself up. You won't be perfect, but you need to do that because as you are, your kids will become. Mm. Because we're God's umbrella protection over our wives and our families yes. and our great up to four generations, the Bible tells us. So he's, Jesus said, I sanctify myself. And it's interesting, the very, the very, in this John 17, this is the very last thing Jesus is doing. What is he doing? He's praying for his disciples. But he says, in that prayer, he says, uh, Father, I've completed the work you've given me to do. He's saying, he's dedicating himself to his Father, sanctifying himself in his final high priestly prayer before he goes and now lays his life on the altar. I mean, that's the final act of sanctification mm. plus a lifestyle sanctification. Mm. And then the last one uh, is Jesus says, I have given him the glory you gave me. And for the longest time, I did not understand this. This is John 17, 22. And, and time probably doesn't allow me to go into it in great detail, but he says, I gave them the glory you gave me. What does that mean? Uh, oh, this is, this is, this rocked my world when I did this study. I wrote it in uh, walking or discipling of Jesus disciple study, but this rocked my world. Jesus basically says, I've made them perfect. I've made them righteous by living a perfect life. I impart my righteousness to them. And one day in my kingdom, they're gonna rule and reign with me. Mm. They're gonna rule and reign with me. They're gonna have dominion over creation. They're going to be, become man as God intended man to be, and I am going to share my glory, the coming kingdom, the present kingdom now, but also the coming kingdom. I'm going to, they're gonna rule and reign with me. They're gonna be royal priesthood. They're gonna be leaders in my kingdom. Wow, wow, and wow. Hmm. Paul, Jesus, when he rose from the grave for 40 days, appeared to his disciples speaking to them about that coming kingdom. I wish I could hear those talks. <laughs> I hope I get to hear my podcast someday. <laughs> what did he talk to them about? Paul, you trace this through Paul. Paul, the very last gospel in the book of Acts says, I preach Jesus and the coming kingdom. The kingdom. We miss that kingdom. What is that kingdom? That kingdom, when Jesus comes back, I believe we're going to restore this earth to its former glory. Mm -hmm. Probably takes a thousand plus years to do that. We're going to rule and reign with him. The nations are going to go to worship Jesus in this new Jerusalem, I believe in Jerusalem. We are going to rule and reign with him, and we're going to restore this earth. He said, I must stay in he heaven until the time comes for me to restore all things in Acts 3. And we're going to be a central player in that. To the degree in which we're faithful on this earth is the degree in which we'll rule and reign with him in that coming kingdom. Ooh, is that good. That is, that is motivation <laughs> to walk with Jesus as best I can. Mm. To, um, before we go, Dan, talk that that last uh, point. How how do we do that f with our kids? What was number seven, okay. by the way? What was number that? Seven? I made, I, I share my glory, share. glory share with glory. them. Okay. I'm very on a practical level. It means that we engage our kids in advancing the kingdom alongside of us, giving them great worth, great value, that they can do something I can't do. Um, when my daughters would invite their friends to our house and we do 
a pillow party, an evangelistic event. And they would see some of their kids come, their friends come to Christ, one or two. It was such a celebration for our family to say, Jamie, Julie, Christy, God used you to advance the kingdom. You did something that only you could do. I shared the glory with them. It's not all about me. Even though they had a dad that was traveling the world, it's not about me. God used them. I shared my glory with them and acknowledged to them that God did something through them to advance his kingdom. Even a a practical thing of uh, how many times the Apostle Paul asked the believers, pray for me. Oh, absolutely. And and, and what he's doing is empowering them. So when we ask our kids, would you pray for daddy? Yeah. Would you pray for me? I need your prayers. You're you're giving them kingdom. And and you acknowledge, boy, what you just said is profound. What you just said, uh, our our daughter, our granddaughter, Kira, we were driving and an ambulance went by as she's five years old. It's it's, grandpa, grandpa, we got to stop. We got to stop. And I said, why? Daddy, grandpa, we got to stop. We pulled over because there's an accident, grandpa. We need to pray for them in an ambulance. I couldn't praise her enough. I could, we stopped, we prayed, but then I said, Kira, God has given you such a tender heart. Mm. God is using you in a way he's not using me. Share the glory, acknowledge their worth. That's good, that's really good. Well, we're gonna, uh, we, we don't have enough time. We have, <laughs> we could keep going on and on. Dan, what is the book, is that book out yet? Yeah, it just came out as Discipling as Jesus Disciples, the study of John 17. Okay, so Discipling as oh, Jesus Discipled. You. That is a book that it's 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 out now. So they yes. can go to Amazon or they can go to your website or they yes. can go to bookstore, Christian bookstore. Sunlight.com or to okay. Amazon and find it. So everything you just heard in the past 15 to 20 minutes, he has a study that you can unpack and dissect that. You reprodu- I'm looking forward to getting in that, that you, study. Listen, you reproduce what you are. Amen. That should keep you up at night. It, is, it, is, it has been a driving force in my life over the past mm. years. I have to become what I want my children to be. I sanctify myself that they might be sanctified. There's that process of of constantly, do as I say, not as I do is not an option. (laughs) You have to become what you want your children to be. And that is the the hardest part in parenting for me, but also just this kind of invigorating, Jesus wants to make me a man so I can make my boys men. That's right. And yep. it's, a, it's a sanctification process. Yep. That's, what, why Paul, that's why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Right. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I hate to end this, man. <laughs> this but you stuff. know what? Hey, take this, guys, and listen to it again and again and pass it along to another guy. My goodness, this is just rich stuff. Dan, thanks for coming in. My and pleasure. And again, you can hear, there's a wealth of information. If you go on uh, Google, uh, what is it? Where is it? Uh, the Sun Life videos. Uh, knowing him videos knowing him videos google knowing him videos there's tons of videos to watch Dan's in israel in, in, israel, in israel in israel walking through and, and talking about this uh tons of resources on sunlife.com go buy these invest in them for yourself so you can invest in they're free wow they're absolutely free online we yeah. love free <laughs> <laughs> again thank you for listening to uh solid steps radio this is a bonus segment podcast with dan spader of sun life ministries and we thank you for listening and we ask you to pass this along and we'll see you next time on solid steps radio